there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, one thing I've said, and I got, you know, everybody crucified me. Not everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. I got a lot of hate. We didn't didn't crucify you. I got some hate mail because I said that Islam is the most well-rounded, lightweight in in the the USA history. And and I stand behind what I say. And, And the people that cussed me out and called me names. Well, give me a name that's better then, and then tell me why. Don't just tell me, give me a name. Don't just say so-and-so. Give me the, where he was better than Islam at, where he dominated, et cetera, et cetera, because Islam's good everywhere, you know, and he, Charles Oliveira's fight proved my point, you know. How many times did he get hit? How many times did he hit him? How was his striking? How was his ground? How was, his, how was everything all the way around? He put him down, and then he entered his world on the ground and submitted him. And Charles has the most submission victories out of any fighter in UFC history. Yeah, but that's because Islam is good in every world. Right. And that's what I'm trying to say. And, you know, and uh, I'm not saying he can't get beat. I'm just saying he's the most well-rounded. And, and the likelihood of him getting beat, I don't know. It's not likely. Not the way he's rolling right now. Not likely to happen. So I can see him being one of the greats of all time for sure. So how do you predict 2023 for Islam? Uh, I predict 2023 for Islam, guaranteed two title defenses, possibly three. So Volkanovski, Benil, and one more? Uh, Yeah. Those would be the likely candidates, right? Uh, Because, you know, and I'm going based on Islam's interviews, how he talks about he wants to defend the title many times and Islam has never been one to, to to say something he didn't want. He's never boasted about nothing. He he just if you've been around him for you know, I've been around him since two thousand fifteen and you know, I've never had to ask him, Islam do this, Islam do that, you know, like outside of the training realm. He does everything correctly. You know, he trains with different coaches. He's got great coaching back home. He does everything. Whereas Habib didn't just only train with uh, myself and his father and re- hardly anybody else. Islam is training with different different coaches, so he's getting training year-round, and he's getting better. You know, he's got great coaching. Well, considering how that fight played out, though, against Charles, do you think that Alex Volkanovsky will be a tougher opponent than Charles? or Different. 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 Yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily think tougher, just different. You know, he's he's going to have disadvantages and he's going to have advantages, you know, and it's just going to be different. You know, uh, one thing's for sure. Does he have uh, Charles's ground game? Nope. Nope. Can he stop Islam from taking him down? Nope. Cannot. Let's see what happens. So do you think that Islam will submit Alex? I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, I never like going, we're going to knock him out or we're going to do this because I don't like putting my mind behind a two-round fight, then all of a sudden it doesn't happen in two rounds, and I'm going, oh, shit, now what? <laughs> you know, because then your brain's going to think, that happened. So I like going five rounds, and if it comes earlier, great. But I'm looking at my mind is engaged for five rounds.
Narmaga Madoff. Because what, what I saw in Abu Dhabi, we saw the number 13 guy, Sugar Sean O'Malley, yeah. fight the number one guy in Peter Yan. He beat him. I want to get your thoughts on that fight. Uh, but now he's the number one contender. I know you believe, firmly believe, that uh, Umar is the future champion in the bantamweight division. Do you see something similar happening with him where, look where his ranking is. He's in the high teens and the flirting around the top 15, getting a top contender and then you know being one fight away for a title shot. 100% see that if the USC will allow it. Uh, if they want to give us the title now, we'll win it now. I'm putting my stamp on it. Umar will win the bantamweight title right now. He will win it right now. So giving us more fights is going to be worse for them, you know, because he keeps getting better and better. But he will win it right now. That's just my opinion, you know, and I stand by it. You know, Habib stands by it. The whole team stands by how good Umar is. And uh, you know, But I agree with you and what your assessment is. Sean O'Malley was ranked so high. 13, I believe. Yeah, and then now he fights top guy, and now he's ranked number one. He's the number one guy yeah, in the Bantamweight division. I could see that happening uh, to Umar, too. But in all fairness, I don't think the ranking should be like that. You go, you're 13, and you fight the, the, the and then you didn't. That fight was very questionable. You yeah, know? How'd you see it? I, I saw uh, best case 2-1 for Peter, uh, you know, uh, worst, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. Worst case, two one for Peter. I saw three zero for him, you know. And uh, but Sean O'Malley proved that he's a real fighter. He he came back. He did some damage. And you know, I don't know how many uh, fighters would have came back as strong as he did from that adversity he had. And he had some, some nice strikes, very nice strikes. And in all fairness to me, I wasn't watching it a hundred percent. You know, every round for round, I was between there and Islam and whatnot. So I wasn't focused on. That fight, from, the, from what I saw, it looked it looked to me like like uh, Peter won. Well, in that division, it looks like Henry Cejudo will be making his return. Yeah, you know, Henry, the no cringe guy. Now he he can do whatever Henry wants. I mean, uh, don't don't count him out. You know, <laughs> by any means, do not count him out. You know, I mean, he's an Olympian uh, for a reason, and. You know, he's probably the greatest combat athlete of all time, right? Doing what he did, two weight divisions, Olympic gold medal. Who's got that? Well, he wants Aljamain. Aljamain doesn't want to fight until, June. I think, June into the year. Wow. So what do you do? Do you just wait? Does the UFC go for an interim Bantamweight title? Like, what do you think? I don't know. It just depends. Al Aljo can do what he wants, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know. As long as it's within the reasoning, they, they want to throw uh, whatever – title which i don't agree on those things anyways but if they want to then they can do it you know it's okay but um what henry wants to do i don't know i mean i mean he wants to get paid so what's going to make him the most money is what he's going to want to do well then he just called for sean o'malley for an interim title fight that's a lot of money that's a very interesting fight but i like that too of of a band white title being on the line at ufc 280 i guess it would be 284 in Perth in February because Volkanovski, who's the featherweight champ, is going up to fight Islam then, yeah. right? So is it confirmed? Is it confirmed? That's that's what they're working on. Yeah. They're working on, right? Working I, I've on. been told we're working on it, but until, until you see it, you know, UFC announces it on their thing. I, I've learned already. Until UFC announces it, nothing is con confirmed to me because I've made that mistake where I, I say, oh, yeah, they're fighting. I'll say, no, they're not. Until the UFC puts it in writing on their thing and they announce it, it's a fight. So 
that point, no, not a fight. I've been there before where, you know, oh, yeah, Habib's fighting. He's fighting for the title. No, he's not. <laughs> it was not. So I'm like, I don't know. If that is the fight that materializes, though, it just it's awesome storyline if it's Henry on there or, or just the Bantamweight champion because, you know, what it seems like Aljo, in my eyes, would want to crack at the 145-pound title, especially because his teammate, Marab, is a top three, top four guy in the Bantamweight division, his training partner. And I know he'd give him an opportunity to fight for the Bantamweight title. So I could see Eljamain wanting to go up the same way Volkanovski wants to go up. You know what? That, that uh, The relationship with those guys is very interesting. And I really like it because here's Aljo who doesn't have to go up in a higher weight division, but he will only to give his buddy that opportunity. Same thing DC did for Cain Velasquez. That's the reason why DC uh, dropped down the weight because he didn't he didn't want to fight with Cain. He did not want to fight and he, so he dropped on the weight. He sacrificed. He went down in weight because of that very reason. So Aljo is doing the same brotherly thing. He knows that his guy is right up there, and he knows eventually going to fight. Well, if I can move up and wait, I'll go move up and wait. And big moves, news for him. And then it gives his training partner an opportunity to shine. So that's actually very honorable. Storyline that I know Will Harris, shout out to him, Anatomy of the Fighter. He's been around you guys a lot that right. he picked up on that I'm not sure the grand – old mass media of MMA has picked up on that Islam has an elite training partner who's competing for the lightweight belt in Bellator and Usman Armagomedov November 18th in Chicago. That's his main guy. Now, I'm not going to sit here and ask you who gets the best of who, but you're pretty confident But that is going to be the next champion in the lightweight division in Bellator. Talk about the competitiveness of their training in their room and you know what it means to have potentially two world champions in the same weight division going at each other all the time. Well, I put it this way. The last sparring session that uh, that they both had, you know, um, Habib and I looked at each other and we go, there's a future great, you know, and Usman, future great. And, and uh, the Bellator title, yes, he's going to win it, you know. And uh, remember how old he is too. How old is he? He's young. You know, wait till he two years or, or so from now. And then everybody's going to realize that Habib and I already knew a superstar. He's a superstar. You'll see. Because one of the things he has, he's good-looking guy. Okay, He can fight. He's exciting, right? He's exciting. And he's got a personality. He's got a great personality. He, he's funny. Look at my Instagram post and, and look how he, how he has, you got no mail for me? What, no mail, coach? What, what oh, I signed right here because no mail. You know, he's got a great personality. He's got all the ingredients, all of them. And he's undefeated, 15-0. I call him the finisher for a reason. He hurts you. He finishes you. What about the competitiveness between the two, though? I'm not saying who gets the best of who, though, but, like, have you seen, like, more competitive uh, rounds in 155ers than when those two are going at it in training? The, 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 those two are, are the best competitive with each other, for sure, yeah. That's the best competition. But, you know, Habib's got some killers. He's got some killers in there. Moblet, who won the PFL, he, you know, he's a, he's incredible. He's got so many. Amaru, uh, who you guys will hear about later, He he's, man, Amaru, is, he's a beast. He is one hell of a fighter and, you know, really tall, lanky, bantam, uh, no, it's featherweight, featherweight. And he's incredible. I've said it to you guys before. I don't know if you remember, but I said the best fighters in the world are going to come from Abdumanab's gym in Dagestan. Now people are starting to go, 
whoa, what the heck's going on now? Well, I already said about two years ago this was going to happen. Now it's happening. I know. And then if you look at even in the UFC in the light heavyweight division too, Ankalaev, if he's, if he's fighting Jan Blachowicz, winner of that is going to probably fight for the title next with Glover Teixeira, the winner of that, and Yuri Prohaska. So they're right there. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, think about this, you know, as an Olympic wrestling, Dagestan, and gold medals. Look that history up. <laughs> You're going to go, wow. Wow. The lot of majority of the gold medals, uh, you know, in, in, in that region come from Dagestan. Next weekend is UFC 281. And I know someone you speak very highly of, Israel. Adesanya, you know, yeah. Yeah. And he has that fight against Alex Pereira, but they've obviously, you know, met before in kickboxing twice. So how do you see it playing out in MMA now? Um. In a way, I kind of look at it the same. It's going to be a kickboxing match because why are these guys going to spend time trying to take each other down? Israel's got to, for Alex, is going to have a decent takedown defense, right? And why does Israel want to take him down when Alex might be likewise? Who knows? You know, um, I think it's going to be more of a kickboxing. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be Israel could want to take him to the ground because he has more experience there. Uh, And he has been knocked out. Twice, I believe, or once. I know I've seen one with the left hook. He guy, that guy's got an incredible left hook. I watched the fight, and, and I thought that Israel was, was picking him apart, you know, until that left hook hit. So he's got enormous power. So obviously if the fight goes through on the stand-up and you're winning and you're outpointing this guy, don't get carried away because that guy's got that H-bomb behind him. That left hook is uh, is, is it's got some power on it. As a former kickboxing champion yourself, though, what about the differences in the size of gloves from when they competed in the different sport versus now comparing it? Well, for sure, it's going to be a big difference. Yeah, you know, you you can you can afford to let yourself get hit that much. So, yeah, that that does uh, those versus ten ounce gloves versus those little MMA gloves. One jab is going to cut you up pretty good. The way those guys jab, you know, so you don't want to get hit. You know, you really don't. So how that fight's going to play out, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. Am I watching? Heck yeah, I'm going to watch. It's going to be a good fight. Even in the the lightweight division, you got Dustin Poirier and you got Michael Chandler going at it. I feel like it has title eliminator implications on it. But like, what do you see happening for the winner there? We talked about Benil Dariush earlier. If he does fight, does he fight the winner of them? Does he, if he's not waiting for his title shot, like... Where do you see the, the winner of that fight in the pecking order in the lightweight division? Well, if Benil doesn't want to wait and the UFC wants to match up against the winner of that, then the UFC will put that match together, and it's a good match. It's a real good match. Benil would be probably thinking, okay, I can beat these guys. I'll fight these guys. Pay me the money, Dana. <laughs> you know, no problem, you know. But, I, I, you know, he's earned that opportunity. You know, how many fight win streaks does he have? Uh, 11, 10, 9? But Neil's up there. He's up there. He's up yeah. there. You know, or I think nine, right? Probably got nine fights. It's speak. at least eight now. It's eight yeah, or nine. Eight or nine. I think so. So he's the most deserving, and his last performance uh, showed that. But if there's going to be a weight and you know, and there's going to be a log jam, right? Then yeah, in, in the Michael Chandler and, and Dustin fight would be a great option for Benio, and uh, that would be a great fight. People would want to see that fight. I'd want to. I'd want to see that fight. So that would be a great option. I think so. I'd want to see it, too. That's yeah. why I threw it out there. It's going to be a great card. I'm excited for it. Me, too. What else is going on in the world of Javier Mendez? Mm, 
I'm still working on my import-export business, IMX Power, uh, and uh, we're moving along well. We move along well. You know, pretty soon I'll be an entrepreneur, not only a coach, you know, and you know things of that nature. I'm just doing a clothing line too. Uh, oh, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. I've been working on it called Hav J A B, Hav Clothing Line. When is that one? Soon, soon, soon. There's other ones we're doing. We're doing Father's Plan too. We're doing oh, the nice. Father's Plan uh, clothing line. I think I talked to Habib about a year ago. I say I want to do a a father's plan clothing line and i think it would do fantastic and but it has to be strict 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 like you know muslim religion proof you know so i i put a good friend of mine um you know in, in charge of it and because he's 100 gonna see the the vision that habib would have to respect his father and the, their muslim religion you know, got to respect it so you got to do it right so so uh, we got the right people working on it we'll see when that's coming, but that's in the works also. Excellent. Well, we can't wait to see it. I want some clothing when it comes out. I got to yeah, represent some yeah. Hav and some Father's Plan. Oh, yeah. I forgot. One other thing. We are filming a pilot for for a reality show when I get back soon. Uh, we're going to do a pilot, and it's, gonna not be, it's not going to be about the fighters per se. It's going to be about relationships. Uh, with fighters and people outside of fighters, like fighters like my wife and people of that nature, you know, it's going to be the backstories, you know. At uh, AKA. Yeah, at AKA, yeah, yeah. yeah. With a network or? Uh, no, it's going to be a pilot first. And then well, they're, they're going to spend quite a bit of money filming it. Then they're going to shop it. And then, you know, we'll see who picks it up. Maybe that, Netflix. I don't know. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot so of good, good. storylines. Yeah, I, I believe there is. I believe there is. There's a lot of, a lot of good storylines there. There's a lot they can go with. And uh, I just think that the the producers are going to have to, because there's so many ways they can go. But if they they go everywhere, no one's going to be able to follow it, right? I'll give you an example. When we did the the, the first uh, reality show that we had, man, we had one uh, the reality show, and um, there was a scene there when Mike Kyle and I. We're going at it. We almost went to blows, right? We almost started to hit each other because of whatever respect. And and him and I were going at it like heated, like heated. And all of a sudden, I yelled at him, well, then you effing do it. Let's go. Like, like this. We're like right here looking at each other's face, right? All of a sudden, we looked around. The cameras are filming us right behind us. And I'm like, we kind of chilled right away. We went, whoa, okay. Da, da, da. How about them bears, right? <laughs> so I was thinking... Wow, that's great for the reality show. That's a that's a damn winner because they filmed the whole thing, and, and I asked the guys to go, "Hey, would you guys?" And, and then you know what they said? It's not it's not in the narrative. It's it's it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't part of the plan. So people won't know how to follow that. They won't know, you know. You gotta you gotta follow the path, right? You can't go off path. They go, "Who is that guy? What is what is this all about?" They don't they don't know. It's a reality show. It's not supposed to be scripted. Yeah, not scripted is one thing. They don't tell you what to do, but they can't just film all kinds of different things. You lose interest. What if What if you're doing something super, super interesting, and all of a sudden someone else does something over there? Everybody wants to see what you did to finish off what you were working on. Now, but they went over here, and they don't even know what the hell that guy's there for. That, no one is going to do that. That that does a reality show disaster. They have to follow person if i'm following helen i want to see how helen goes to swimming what she does for trying to get back into the olympics and la 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 and what she does etc etc but all of a sudden we go to her but then something exciting happened right next to her we film that 
but everyone go, what the hell, who, who is that? They were following you. There was your history, your story. They had to follow that story, you know? I learned that. I, I'm pretty good at this stuff. You it's, are It's about storytelling. It's, yes. it's up to the creatives yeah. to, to make segues and transitions, yeah. to tell two couple different stories. Yeah. If it's not done right, I agree with you. That could be a disaster. It could be a disaster. But if you have the right creative people behind it, and I'm sure you could tell both stories, you multiple can. stories. You can, but they didn't, they didn't put that in. Nah, they, they didn't build it. They didn't build it. Then that's what I'm trying to say. If you build it, it can go good. Because reality show is this. They don't tell you what to say. But let's say they know two people are not going to like each other. They'll put them in the same room and see what happens, right? Like they try to create that me and Koscheck type feud, you know, mm. back then. So what they did is they create, hey, Hob, can you and Koscheck meet to hash this things out? And I'm like, hash what out? And you guys just meet. I said, fine. So when they met us, we met at the park. And he's like going through his script of what he's going to say to me. And I'm like, what the hell? I said, how's the team doing? <laughs> So, anyways, I'm just saying that that uh, um, they're not scripted, but they are because they put you in a situation where things could go. The art of TV production, yeah, exactly, where they could kind of manipulate a situation. They manipulate the situation. It's not acting, and, and but they're putting you in that situation. You know that you know it's like, for instance, okay, stupid analogy but let's just say we want to see how quick we'd get out of this room well bring a skunking here lock the door and see what happens okay what's what's gonna what's gonna happen now someone's gonna break their leg trying to jump over the other person <laughs> yes, in the other room. yes so it's gonna cause that so that's what reality shows do they create that you know they you don't know what you're gonna do hey huh we're bringing in a skunk we're bringing the skunk it's like uh, no they brought him in already and you're like what you know you know what i mean that's kind of a reality show type of a theme yeah. of what they do yeah we'll put 16 people in a big mansion take away their cell phones and we'll have cameras on them at all time and we'll call it the ultimate fighter and yeah. everyone will fight each other it's funny you say that because that's what habib does to the fighters when he finds out they're super tired he'll, he'll, he'll uh curfew for them i think it was 10 or 11 he'll take a pm and go collect their phones he'll do that yeah yeah, wow. he takes their phones. And also, too, he has a jail at home. Uh, when they go out of line, he puts them in jail. Wait, a jail? Yeah. What like, is a, it? like a holding like, cell? I have never seen the pictures, but he goes, I, I go, hey, where's Muhammad Ali? Oh, coach, he was in jail. I go, wow, real jail? He goes, no, no, my jail. <laughs> I said, what do you mean your jail? Because when they're, when they're going bad, they do good. They're going the wrong trade. I put them in jail. For how long? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's house arrest or jail. I just know Habib has. He puts them in jail. He takes their phones away. Puts them in jail. He, hey, he's he's very strict. You, you know, you get out of line. You, you know, you're you're going in the wrong area. He's gonna he's gonna put you. He's gonna. That's what his father did. That's why, you know, it's like you have so much respect for what he does because I, you know I see his father in him over and over. How much he loves the the fighters. They're his brothers. He loves them so much that. For him, it's, he'll do whatever he can to set him straight. That's what his father did. That's why I said his father was a great humanitarian that, you know, it just loved everybody. And his father was about forgiving everybody and learning. And, you know, I mean, he gave up so much, that man. And, and I see that in Habib, you know, and that's why, you know. So he's not doing it to be a jerk. He's just to, to help him. Get the best out of them. Yes. Learning yes, lessons. Yes, yes. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Habib's got his own jail. Yeah, he's got his own learn jail. Some, we learn something new every day yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things, too, you know, it's funny, and I'm going to say it because I want people to 
speak to me in, in, in Russian so I, so I can I can catch Habib and them. They're always they don't want to teach me Russian so they don't they can keep secrets from me. You know, so I'm getting better. Now I'm getting even more determined to learn because, you know, he'll say something, scoros, scoros. And I go, what does that mean, Habib? He goes, uh, coach, that's speed, speed. I go, okay. So then it's Dubai, it's Dubai, you know, like stay, you know, Dubai, Dubai, go, go, you know, the things like that, you know. And I'm learning a, a lot from that now because of the him. They don't want to teach me. Whether they do or don't, I don't know. But I do know that I'm teaching them. English and working with them, but they're not working with me. Hey, Google Translate. Hey, Google Translate, that's the same as better if someone's talking to you, you know? Yeah. I, I have a, I have a, uh, uh, Duolingo. I have Duolingo. Oh. And, and, and I've only looked at it a few times. <laughs> it's better if someone talks to you, you know, that Duolingo's okay, but it's, it's better if, if I have someone speaking to me. That's what I appreciate so much about them is that they take the time to learn English because in this sport and it being such a global sport, having the English language is such a key thing yeah. and they speak that. You don't get other champions from different languages necessarily taking the time to learn English and it makes them so much more marketable and relatable when they could speak English among other languages as well. Yeah, well, look what I did with Tahir yesterday. I said, hey, Tahir, let's do something. I want you to hit the pads and say... UFC, I'm coming to you, la, 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 la. And, and it goes, okay, coach. So I'm, I'm teaching them how to grasp, you know, getting attention and, and showing people I want to perform for you. What are fighters? Performers or entertainers. We fight, you know, but we're entertainers. So why not speak the language that everybody, you know, becomes a star in? It's English, straight up. It's smart. I think so. And your social media with these guys is very underrated. Yeah, it's underrated. I think so. Remember the push-up challenge that Habib had yeah. you do? Yeah. Is he still making you do that? Uh, Habib ever so often does some things really funny. The, the funniest things he always does is, is football. He loves which football is soccer, you guys. Right. He's this big, huge soccer fan. Oh, boy. He'll stack it in his favor so he can win a game. It reminds me of when we played DC in basketball. Actually, Bilal was on my team. Bilal, it was me, Bilal Muhammad, J Jamal Hill, a couple of the UFC guys like Joaquin Buckley against DC, and he brought his own team. <laughs> Uh, last second. It reminded me when I saw Will Harris's videos of Habib in football bringing his guys his against guys. the younger guys. Yeah, he cheats. He, <laughs> he'll grab the guys that are the better players. No, I'll take him. No, no, you take him. It's like, I'm like, he, but he also, he's a hell of a soccer player too. Football player. I watched. He's yeah, good. He, he's good. He's real good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, when you want to talk about trivia, talk about knowledge, football knowledge, don't challenge Habib. Oh, no. No, Manel Cape, who's a heck of a player himself, he challenged Habib, and look what happened to him. He He's like, well, I don't know this, but I know that I can play soccer. He goes, well, brother, you don't know anything. <laughs> you know, real, real Madrid, and I don't even know the damn names, Barcelona, la, 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 and he knows everything about these guys. And, and Manel was like, uh, well, I can play. I go, brother, quiet, sit down. <laughs> you, know, you don't know football. And I'm like, ah. Uh, Episode 111 of the Schmozone podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. 111. Are we out? Tony, are we done? <laughs>
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.